0: Good morning, I'm Del Clark, I'm one of the members here at Cascade and I get to talk to you about Advent, which is my favorite time of year. Uh, There is, there's so much broken in the world, so many things that aren't the way they're supposed to be, Um, but Advent is about when we get to look forward to when things are the way they're supposed to be when everything that's broken is fixed. So to begin with, in talking about Advent this morning and what we're going to do as a church, I'd like to start by telling you a story. And some of you have already heard this story, but it's a good story, so it's worth hearing again. This story um, is about a man that lived a couple thousand years ago uh, in Jerusalem. He He was a good man. He was a weaver. And um, all his friends and family called him sai sai the Weaver. Now, he wasn't a rich man, but in his corner of Jerusalem, everybody knew sai the Weaver. He was a loving husband and a devoted father. Uh, he had a little girl and then his oldest, his son, and he would get get up in synagogue and he would be happy to recite his family's lineage all the way back to Benjamin. And then with a wink, he'd say, And I can weave you a cloth of many colors if any of you needs a coat. And everyone would smile. But this story isn't about weaving cloth. This story is about a man who suffered greatly. You see, when Cy was in his early 30s, his son was in a stupid accident with an ox cart. Broke his leg, it got infected, and a week later his son died. And then, about a year after that, a fever went through jerusalem and the fever took first his daughter and then a day later took his wife sai was a devastated broken man alone with no family a few weeks after his his wife died sai after he'd been a couple of cups of wine, uh, too many, uh, he, he stumbled over to his, his friend's house, Yaakov. Yaakov had been a, his childhood friend and grown up to become a rabbi. Sai stumbled to his house and pounded on the door. And Yaakov let him in, and Sai demanded to know why, why his son. Why his daughter? Why, why his wife? Why is there so much pain and why so much for him? And Jacob, Jacob was a friend first, not a, a rabbi. So Jacob was, was smart enough to know that he just needed to listen. And they sat and they cried together. They remembered a young boy that had prepared for his bar mitzvah but never had it. They remembered Sai's wife who could light up a room with a smile and a little girl whose hugs were sweeter than, sweeter than honey. And they cried together. Then, Jakob very quietly unrolled a scroll from Isaiah and began reading. And as he read, Sai heard that, that God never intended that there would be such pain, that there would be such evil, and that God intended to fix it that he would send his Messiah to set everything right. Messiah was a devastated man, and he listened, but a few words from an old scroll didn't fix things, and he didn't really feel much better. But life goes on. Sai went back to his weaving, to his loom. And over the years, Sai became a man that people would go to when they'd suffered a tragedy, when there had been evil in their lives that touched them deeply. He would dance his shuttle back and forth in the loom, and he would listen as a brother or a father or a mother told of, of greedy Pharisees or corrupt tax collectors or illness or loss. And Sai was a man who would listen, and often, he would cry with them. Now, Sai lived close to the temple. So each morning, he had this habit that he would get up and he would go to the temple and pray. Well, maybe it's more accurate to say that he stood just inside the temple gates and he cursed at God. Why? I don't understand. You created this world and what's with this? Why so much pain? Again, he would say, why my family? And then he would say, why all these other people? And then he'd go back to work, dance that shuttle through his loom, and some days listen to someone else come in and tell another story of pain and hurt, and he would become just a little bit more hopeless. He was about 50 when one morning as he was standing just inside those temple gates and about to go into his his rant against God when an extraordinary thing happened. There's no way to adequately describe it to you. I'll just tell you that an angel appeared to him and gave him a message. The angel said, Sigh Simeon, the Lord God has heard your prayers and he cries with you. He too is devastated by all of this evil. He too is devastated by all of this pain and he shares it with you. And he makes to you to you, Simeon, a promise that you shall see the Messiah with your own eyes before you die. Now, when an angel appears to you and gives you a, a message directly from the Lord God, it changes things. For Versailles, it changed his outlook, it changed his perspective, and also it was something he wanted to share with everyone. But if an angel appears to any of you, they just give you a little advice, you don't want to run out and tell everybody that an angel appeared to you because they're going to think you're nuts. But Sai did go to his, his old friend Jacob. And he told him about the angel, about the message, about the promise. And the two of them shared that secret for 22 years. And Sai went back to his loom, danced his shuttle back and forth in the loom, and he listened to more stories. And he often cried with people as they told of the tragedies in their lives. See, Sai's secret was he listened, didn't offer any words. But each morning when he woke up, he woke up with anticipation, waiting, because he knew God had made him a promise, and the Messiah was coming. Maybe it would be today. Well, one afternoon, Simeon felt oddly compelled to go to the temple. So he did, he stepped inside those gates as he had a thousand times before. And he looked across the courtyard and he saw where the families were consecrating their firstborn sons. They were lined up there. And his old friend, Jacob, was on duty and he was consecrating those children. And he looked and he saw his old friend, Jacob, holding a baby and suddenly sai knew he knew to the depths of his being he knew he walked across the courtyard took the baby out of jacob's hands and he declared in a voice that was heard clearly throughout the temple sovereign lord you may now dismiss your servant in peace peace For my eyes have seen your salvation, which is for all the world, a revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of Israel, your Messiah. And Cy looked at the baby in his hands, and he wept with joy because he held an infant named Jesus. Hope... And healing for all of creation. So that's my story. It's just a story, it's not Holy Scripture, although it is based on the Simeon that you'll find in um, in the second chapter of Luke. And it is about hope which is what Advent's all about. I really love the season of Advent. Next Sunday is the beginning of the Advent season. Now, it's interesting that Advent is the first season in the church calendar year, or year, first season of the year in the church calendar. And that, to me, is appropriate, because Advent is about two things. It's about looking back when Jesus began redemption of creation and looking forward to when Christ will complete that redemption. This year we want to celebrate Advent in a really special way as a church. As, as C.S. Lewis would say, we want to experience the deep magic of Advent. So. Here's what we're gonna do. Angela's already mentioned that we have the advent boxes um, in the fireside room, so make sure that you get yours. In each box, you'll find a set of advent candles. There's three purple ones, a pink one, and a white one, as well as a little explanation of why the different colors and which ones you use during which week. There are also a few other little surprises in there. And each day of advent, you'll be receiving an email, and that email will have um, the reading for the day, the Advent scripture for the day, a short prayer, and then a suggested family activity, kind of a fun thing to do. And then finally, there's a little web link. The little web links are just for fun. They will link you to something on the Internet that's... Entertaining or fun, and don't try and find some deep spiritual meaning in those. They truly are just for fun But Celebrating Advent releases some magic that the Holy Spirit uses so Here's how you do it Here's what you you do you start by lighting your candle or candles, the appropriate ones for, for that week, and then, then you read the scripture. And the trick here is you read it out loud. Now, think of all of the stories you've heard about wizards and magicians and magic books. Reading the spells silently doesn't do anything. But when you read the the words out loud, the magic is released. So, read the words out loud. Paul and Shannon, take turns reading the words out loud to each other. Chad, read the words out loud. Mike, John. Read the words out loud, then pray the prayer out loud. Then after that, um, do something fun, something that you wouldn't normally do to make it a celebration. All of this only takes about five minutes. I know I've read through every set of the, the readings for this year. You can read, do the prayer. Take a moment to think about what Jesus has done and what he's doing and what he's going to do and be done in five minutes. And I know that some days, it is hard to find even five minutes. So if you miss a day, don't sweat it. Just make sure you don't miss the next day because Advent magic is cumulative. The more you do it, the more magic there is. And that's it. That's all there is to to celebrating Advent. It's really simple. But you will be amazed at what this daily celebration of Advent will do for your holidays and for our church. So celebrate Advent. Give the Holy Spirit some magic to work with.